0: episode of the Be A Better Ally podcast. I am super excited to be sitting down with Ellie and Vanessa, two international school educators who just as of this year have embarked on the journey of starting a GSA, Gay Straight Alliance-like group at their school. I think that you'll enjoy the resources they have to share and the advice that they are going to explore with us today.
1: So uh, my name is Ellie Alchin. Uh, I am the Director of Teaching and Learning at uh, the United World College of Southeast Asia on the Dover campus in Singapore. Hi, I'm Vanessa
2: McConville. I work at Overseas Family School in Singapore. Uh, My main role is as an academic advisor or school counsellor. I also work, uh, teach as a global politics teacher too, and um, also have now just launched our new Ally Club.
1: I, I suppose i've I've always been interested in equality issues um but I think the 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 thing that really kind of got me started and gave me the confidence to do this was was um actually hearing Trisha talking about um, uh, allyship from a teacher's perspective when I saw a video of of you Trisha on um uh, i think it was learning 2. and um I thought that was really inspiring and and also having the um Uh, the the book group, we had an allies book group. And the book that I read for that, well, I read two books, but the one that really had an impact on me was Gender Diversity and LGBTQ LGBTQ Inclusion in K-12 Schools um, by um, Chappell and Ketchum and Richardson. And um, I read that, and it was full of practical stuff. And actually, the thing that really had an impact on me was that it talked about um, how important it is to have things like Gay-Straight Alliances at the middle school level. Now, we, we have a very a flourishing um, Gay-Straight Alliance at, at high school, but we didn't at middle. And uh, I, if, I've also had some kids who are in the high school group in my other service, and they were talking about how they wish there'd been something.
0: Uh, just a note here that the books from the book club that Vanessa and Ellie are mentioning, all of the links are in our show notes from today. So you can pick them up and you can start your own book club at your
2: school that actually inspired me because it was one of those that when you read it I felt like oh every teacher should read this and so therefore um similarly since uh, I did the book group to um the book club that got me reading it and now what I've uh, we're doing now is my little ally club has um actually copied the chapter for high school and they're going to be running their own teacher um book club where the teachers come and read but it's ran by the students themselves so they're going to pose sort of book club questions to the to the teachers that have read it so um, definitely found that book inspiring. Uh, similarly um, Trisha yourself I think you're the one your PD session that you gave over at your campus was really inspiring and I think just to talk to other members of staff and teachers and and to find out that the Challenges are the same, that we're all sort of faced with the same challenges when we're trying to get more inclusion into the classroom. Um, the other area, so for we did an equality fair, and um, one of the sort of topics that keeps coming up and, and students that I'm dealing with actually at a counsellor level has been our kids that are transitioning or feeling like they may want to transition uh, gender or having issues with their gender identity. And so I got in contact with a UK group called Think to Speak, who um, do a, a number of uh, issues regarding sort of uh, gender diversity and LGBTQ, but they have a special session with, uh, and information regarding um, trans kids and they gave me a lot of literature, um, a lot of you know advice and so once I was reading that, it sort of really highlighted I suppose it opens your eyes to your own environment and and from that I could see that this was a real need. We had a real need at this school. Um, and yeah, that's what inspired me, really.
0: If you are listening and thinking that you would like to start up a GSA-like group, and you don't necessarily need the inspiration, but you do need to be mindful of the practicalities, I asked Ellie and Vanessa which logistical items uh, they would recommend someone new to to this journey should be thinking about and here's what they had to say.
1: I, I mean, I would say the, the, the big sort of pieces of learning for me are that I think it's really important to make sure that you bring your leadership with you right from the start. <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, making sure that you've got uh, the support of other leaders in the, in the community and that you don't, um, you're not seen uh, as a sort of, you know, you're not, your, your, your motives are not misunderstood. Um, so that, yeah, I think that 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 was one big piece of learning that I think is really important. Uh, something I I got from the PD session that Vanessa was mentioning was the idea of calling in rather than calling out people. Um, and it's not exactly logistic, but I think it it as an approach to take as you're trying to set up something um, like this. I think it makes a, a really big difference that that people don't feel that you're you know you're showing them up because they didn't think of it first. I think actually uh, that that idea of look, you know, how can we run something like this? How can uh, how can we as a school make the environment better for our students? That kind of language I think is quite important, um, and I think it's really a, a third thing is that it's really important to be very clear on the goal for the group and to communicate. Mm-hmm. This clearly so what what is the purpose I mean for for example at the UWCSEA we have a we have a group that's a a supportive group for for parents Um, I believe at the East Campus they're just about to start a um, a counselling group for kids who are transitioning or coming out and um, those are different from the sorts of allyship group that that you know that I'm setting up. For example, it's a it's a different sort of need. So being really clear on what it is that you're trying to achieve with your with your group, and 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 making sure you've thought that through um, in discussion with the student members and that sort of thing. But before you actually kind of launch, and then I'd say the final thing is uh, a logistical. Um, tip, I would say, is that the by far the most convincing thing when we were trying to um, kind of get school leadership to, to sort of support the idea, which they have supported the idea, but by far the most useful thing for doing that was actually um, being able to present um, uh, quotes from, from our students saying why there is a need for this and how it would be useful for them, um, and also research that shows... Um, you know, why, why this is necessary. So we actually, well, we reached out to quite a few people and looked at quite a lot of research. and We gathered student comments from this campus and the other campus to, to be able to present the, the kind of the case for why this was necessary. And I think that was far more useful than anything we ourselves could have sort of said um, in, in just in bringing people around the idea.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean that that's how I approached it. Was with the research, using uh, the statistics from sort of the information that we've gathered, showing why it was necessary. That's exactly that was one of the sort of comments I put. Um, once again, you do need leadership on your side. Um, I've just you know, in answer to that question, I was just like, you need allies for your ally club. You need to, and and you're saying like make it more you know inclusive, reach out, invite people in. Um, my other sort of logistic advice, um, obviously, I think it's what climate you're in. In Singapore, it's, it's a different climate. I'm also, I'm, I work for a school that is, a you know, a private business, a profit for profit business, which actually does sometimes create its own challenges. And I feel um, for me, the, for the logistics of getting this set up, Research definitely to show that there was a need, and our students needed this sort of um, <clears throat> needed this inclusivity or this promotion of inclusivity. But also, um, I had to do small steps. That's the way I think. If I had outlined my major vision, uh, my major goal, I think um, because we're trying to change a culture, I guess, and we're trying to change. Um, yeah, as it's like the culture of the school and the campus sort of being more open about these things, I feel like I would have probably had a shut door. But because we've done small steps, so we sort of looked at little events first, sort of introducing this idea and sort of warming up our leadership to the idea that, well, actually, not only did the students really enjoy this, um, and not only did they get a lot out of it and, and learn a lot, it's open conversations. And look, nobody's upset, nobody's taking offence, nobody's... In fact, people are excited about it. And I think... um, So from my perspective, it was just sort of like... um, trying to make those small steps so that then um so that was like last year for me and then being able to launch this idea well okay look we've done all this anyway so we would just like to make this more of an official group and I feel like that's worked for us and and the other thing I just put is educate 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 you know myth bust um the amount of sort of teachers I've spoken to who feel like it's almost against the law to even have these discussions in Singapore and it's like, well, no, it's not at all, and just trying to, um, yeah, and and myth bust regarding that, so people don't feel so much in fear, you know, if I, I, I'm very envious when I see my colleagues in the UK posting the things that they're doing, because it's so much more open, and, you know, and, and teachers feel free, and obviously, in a legislative sense as well, um, I know they're having their issues, uh, getting the curriculum at the lower end of the school, which is their next challenge, but, um, yeah, I, I do get jealous when I see all that but I feel like well the first place we can you know um, I think that's really helped as I said is just that education part
1: so I would say the the activities that we've planned we planned the first four four sessions and um, the the emphasis is on things like for example we're going to be talking about allyship and what that actually looks like and what that what that means we're going to be um looking at uh role models um within um uh you know within literature and within films and we're going to be um using sort of stimulus material to kind of talk about what we're um well sort of i suppose providing providing some new narratives around the 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 the, the place of kind of um, um gay people and and gay role models um the students are going to be running some activities one of the things that's that's come out we're we're lucky enough we've got one of the the students from the middle school group at the other campus has just moved to this campus and she's she's been really helpful in talking about what they did and what was powerful and what she'd like us to be doing uh, when she joins our group and uh, she was suggesting having a focus on um, language and and the sort of language that that students experience and you know use of, of terms as as derogatory terms and that sort of thing and positive ways in which they can call people into the conversation and talk about how to be more mindful and sensitive about language and we'll also be doing things uh, collaboratively with the high school group so one of the things we wanted to uh, to do was get the high school students in to do so, some sort of mentoring um, with the, with the younger students and also talking about um, um, marginalization more generally and different ways in which um, that that can affect people, so looking at um, uh, intersectionality and, and 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 that sort of stuff. So it's going to be because we're working with younger students. It's going to be um, you know with some sort of structured activities and some opportunity for discussion and. Um, just i mean the main main emphasis is that we're just trying to create a a, a safe environment where it's okay to just be yourself and 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 talk about issues without fear and and that sort of thing so that's what we're hoping to achieve um perhaps we we can we can speak in a few months time and i can tell you how it's going
2: um that's great um so yeah for for us um i think what i found so interesting since starting and we very much in, we've had four sessions so far um, as far as our Ally, ally Club is, is going. Now, what I have found um, really interesting is something I didn't expect. So um, I've got a list of our activities, our, sort of our objectives, but I didn't really want to um, come with a list because obviously being high school students, so um, they've been working through you know the things they want to see this is brand new they're very excited they feel like they're you know the big they're the change makers which is is fantastic so they've come really ready to like we want this changing this is what we'd like to see etc and all their ideas so we're working shop uh, workshopping through all those however what i found with their experience of coming in into the room is it's one of the nicest sort of clubs i've ever ever had to run because they actually go off topic a lot, and not, and and they actually are enjoying being with each other. I actually think, um, you know, for us this group, although it's open to all students, of course, um, I would say, you know, the group that have joined are students that are from the the queer community and what I found is they enjoy coming because they actually just like hanging out together and it's that you like, I think like Ellie just mentioned that being able to talk, uh, I think they feel comfortable. And so my my first few sessions has have been trying to keep them on track more than anything because they are just enjoying being in that space, um, which sort of highlights the fact that we really need to be doing this, you know, a long time ago, really. Um, So that was one of the the funny things that I didn't expect, and and as as their experience. And what we've seen already, which I think is amazing, we've got two students in particular that suffer from anxiety and stress, particularly obviously around the normal times like assessment, but through. um, And we've just come to an assessment period, and those two girls have not been to see our actual sort of counselor, our guidance, um, our emotional and social counselor at all. And I went and checked on them, and Um, They were saying that they feel they've just got this more, they said they've got a better support network with their friends and they feel like this club is is helping them. So I was really, really over the moon to hear that. But so the experience itself is a very friendly, open experience uh, for the club. And now we're looking at our activities and we've set up a a few things, but I think I'll come to that under one of your other uh, questions.
0: Uh, maybe it is question three which is, oh, is it? <laughs> uh, what questions have you been mulling over as part of your beginnings here or are there any big umbrella questions that you are hoping maybe that the group is going to answer or just a question that you realize you need to think a little bit more about as you continue uh, working with with your team well
1: I'll st- I'll start here I mean I think the the, the biggest um question that that me and my colleague had as we sort of embarked on this was uh and it, it sounds a bit silly saying this out loud but kind of is it okay that we're running an lgbtq plus group if we're not gay and that's that, that yeah. Seems, yeah. <laughs> it seems it seems really silly because of, of course why what you know why why should it be and actually you know it, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter but But I think we were both, we were honest with each other and we both deep down worried that it would not feel authentic to students or useful. And there we are, preaching about the need for positive role models, and and there we are, being, you know, people who are not kind of, you know, how can we possibly know what it feels like? That sort of thing. Um, so that was that was one of the questions. Um, we were also anxious. You know, what if we say the wrong thing? So a student will say something and we'll say the, the worst thing we could say at that point. And uh, that, that not being able to rely necessarily on intuition and, and, and th- those sorts of anxieties. Um, I mean, and the ironic thing is, I mean, my 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 colleague had, had a brilliant idea. She basically we, we wrote down all of our questions, those two and, and lots of others around you know what what's needed and what should we not say and all of this sort of thing. And we sent these questions to the high school um uh Prism group and they um they wrote back the most wonderful response it was just lovely and so kind and what they said was that they 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 just want adults to be um, supportive and and caring and open and they don't mind and that we can't get it wrong and that it's okay to say when you don't know and they're not there because they want expert advice they just want a safe space where they can explore ideas and be themselves and they were fantastic and I, I actually, I've actually I've kept that um that list and I'll share it with you Tricia it was it was actually quite moving uh, and extremely reassuring for us uh what they what they showed was that they were such together people uh and uh, really you know, really very impressive maturity and thoughtfulness and compassion. And um, yeah, we just felt really even more excited about setting up the, the group for the younger students as a result of, of that feedback. So I would say that I had lots of anxieties, um, but actually talking to the older students kind of addressed all of them. The one that I that is a, still a, a sort of a slight nagging concern is, is, you know, what are we going to do if there's resistance from our parent community? Um, uh and um and i think what's what's interesting is what's been really helpful there is just getting the support from from the middle school leadership who've been you know they're the ones that are going to deal with with any initial comments from parents and they're going to be the ones that are going to need to explain what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it and why it's important so um just feeling like you're not Doing it alone, I think is quite um, important and and it is particularly important i w- I wouldn't have any of these anxieties if I was working in a different context, but I do think Singapore has a particular has a particular flavor uh, around it and um, and i've had my my fingers burnt a little bit before with this in the past which i'll talk about in a later part part of this um and so just you know knowing that you've got the the backing of your of your leadership if you're in an environment where you know which is perhaps not as as open and as free um is really important
2: yeah um similar to to my questions i think um I'm still uh obviously my first question when we started this was like, what do the students actually want to see, which is as i said we've we've workshopped and we're we're working towards that, but yeah, my next question is what objections am I likely to come across as we continue our journey and i I feel like I'm always on the lookout for the where's gonna wheres where's the roadblock going to be um and yeah, you know compared to sort of. It's, it, I just find it interesting because obviously I run other clubs and it's it's straightforward. You, you don't, you know, you, you plan your goals and that's it. You go for it, activities, et cetera. Um, whereas I feel like with this club, I'm, I'm constantly questioning like, am I going to get objections here? The leadership have been very supportive, but then I just, I always worry, you know, it only takes that parent that's upset to sort of um, air their upset. Um, however, saying that, um that's part of that education that we're discussing, you know, and um I've passed on some of the information uh from some of the books I've read about regarding how to react to like uh because I think I think uh the one we've already come across at the school has been the using religion as the, as an argument as to against why we should be doing these sorts of activities and um, and it's about training everyone in the leadership on how to respond to that too which has been really useful but yeah my, my biggest question is always what objections because we're doing lots of different projects it's like right where am I going to see the objection there where am i going to see you know
0: if you are worried about starting a GSA group for the first time Ellie and Vanessa are here to remind you that other things that you may have done as an educator uh, actually might be great preparation for taking that first step here's what they had to say One of the
1: organisations, activities that I've been involved in is is something called Initiative for Peace, which is uh, a kind of a a peace building activity um, where we have been training um, young people to be uh, peace builders and then putting them in situations with youth from different sides of conflict. um, And they facilitate kind of conferences and workshops for those youth to bring them together. And I would say that... um, uh issues around identity are very have been very central in some of the conversations we've been having around you know why why conflicts happen in the world and and exploring activities to um uncover some of the kind of deep emotions that are attached to identity has been uh, you know one of the things that we've done and 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 finding tools and protocols to help um young people talk about um um, powerful issues and significant issues that touch them personally uh, I've, I've got quite a lot um, of resources up my sleeve uh, not specifically connected to um, LGBTQ issues but which can be applied in those circumstances so those resources that enable kind of conversations to be done in a in a structured way that I think can 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 elevate them I think is quite powerful mm-hmm. um I would also say something else, I I work with a group uh, in Singapore called AWARE, um, which is an organisation that looks at sort of gender and and sexual identity and that sort of thing. And we collaboratively ran a gender and sexual identity weekend workshop for local youth and our own students uh, a few years ago. And that was enormously helpful working you know, and understanding the Singapore context. So I think that's, that's been very helpful, that idea of of reaching out to the community and, and understanding where our piece of the work fits in, in context of everybody else's projects and stuff like that. And that, that you know, you're not the only one working at this and that, you're, you know, you're part of a big jigsaw puzzle of lots of different great projects that are going on. And that sense of of being part of a network is, I think quite comforting actually. And then finally, I would just say, you know, having been, um, having been a mentor, um, we had a a very, um, powerful, um, personal social education program and some of the most useful sessions, um, for me were sessions around sexual consent and, um, on diversity and identity. And, and I think just, you know, the resources that colleagues already have and sharing and and packaging it in formats that, um, enable the content to be explored in really meaningful and interesting ways. All of those things have been things that I've drawn from.
2: As a global politics teacher, TOK, it's all about perspective and it's using those teaching strategies to, you know, enable students to look at um, different perspectives. It's like the same sort of thing, looking at the tools and strategies we are used within, um, you know, we look at conflict and peace and have debates, uh, you know. Um, often global politics, we're looking at conflict and you know, I'm, I'm sat in a classroom where I have a Palestinian sh- a student and an Israeli student with very differing views. So, you know, it's sort of like those skills definitely are something um, that are useful. Uh, same with the um, I've done lots of counselling coaching sessions. And I think and and back in my early days uh, as a as a lawyer, it was mediation. So I think those sorts of skills are definitely useful and about uh, just just as what Ellie said, having those strategies that you can um, put in place to, to allow people to talk about difficult, convers- uh, to have those difficult conversations and, and facilitate it so it doesn't turn into anything nasty. <laughs> um, but just, I'm going to go to the, uh, what are you hoping for the community experience? Um, just one element, you know, uh, what shifter am I hoping to see? I think my my aim here is to try and make it we're very early days, as I said, the environment here, you know, it's not that it's against, I think I work in an environment that is, is if you don't discuss it, it's not a problem. You know, we pride ourselves on the fact that we have very minimal, like bullying. The kids are genuinely very kind to one another. Um, uh, however, that doesn't mean there isn't a need. And I think I'm trying to break, that sort of belief and, and address a need just because you know we might not have students queuing up saying we feel underrepresented we feel you know left out so I'm trying to make the shift to say just because it's it's not in our face doesn't mean it's not there and, and by the work we've already done we can see it, it it does need addressing but the community experience um we've just or I say the, the ally group one of the first things they asked for and they've set up is they've linked with their alumni um and they've linked with our previous OFS students from the queer community, and they have set up a, an Instagram page and it's starting to look beautiful. They are sharing, you know, it's all about university and safe spaces. So it's about the alumni telling them like, um, so one girl's like posted recently, I'm studying at Manchester. I moved from a different university because, I felt Manchester has been more welcoming to the LGBT community, and I'm and and it's it's giving advice to our current high school students who are making those decisions about where they would like to study, who um, and it's just really interesting. So it's these students, and what I've been surprised at is the the students that have joined. The majority at the moment are the alumni, the the students that have gone on and they're studying, and. Um, it's a, a way for them to talk to one another and I think and this is what I, I mean I absolutely love hearing about Ellie's like middle school because it's that thread it's it's not just a you know oh yeah you're gonna get support for a couple of years and then you're on your own and I think that's what I want the community experience to be like I want it to be you know all age groups I want it to be the, like we were discussing the parents I'm trying to get the teachers you know to really create a community experience where it's all joined it's all linked and and that we don't even really think about it it's just there and open and there's support from all different places
0: we hope you enjoyed this episode of the be a better ally podcast coming soon we will have an episode getting the perspective of an experienced gsa leader. thanks